Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yeah, sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said they Time for my guy to join the show. That would be Christian Fowler, senior writer and content creator for Bluff City Media. You can find our podcast. It's called On the Bluff Pod. Anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple. You can go on YouTube. Just type in Bluff City Media. Go to that channel. You'll figure it out. And you can find him on Twitter at CFowlerBCM. Christian, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much. We had a lot to talk about on the bluff last night. Now we have a lot to talk about yeah, today, too. Yeah, Penny, Penny gave us a lot the past couple weeks, didn't he? Finally. <laughs> it had been quiet. But honestly, isn't it, isn't it sort of contrary to the past? He's working, like, genuinely in silence. Like, the David Jones stuff, seeing he came on a visit, an official visit, late last week, no one had reported on that. Like, no one, had, no one really knew that he was coming to campus. No one knew that the Tigers were involved until he ultimately was on campus and committed. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't post those pictures on his Instagram, like, do we know about him coming on a visit? Or <laughs> right. does he just surprisingly commit and everyone's like, what's going on? I think I think after he visited, there were some reports that Memphis was involved, Kentucky was involved, and a couple other schools were involved. But, like, if he doesn't post those pictures, that might be one of those things where we don't know until he literally uh, – I mean, John Rothstein's the one that broke it. But until mm-hmm. someone would have broken the news of, that he committed, like, we may have not even known that Memphis was pursuing him. So holler at me about him, man. I mean, six six two ten St. John's transfer went to St. John's after two years at DePaul, thirteen points per game, seven rebounds per game. Seems relatively versatile, but there are some drawbacks. And I'm not going to. It's a great pickup. It's unbelievable considering the time of the calendar we're at. But forty percent from the field at his size, not much of a three point shooter, but still, there's a scoring punch there, and 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 definitely some defensive upside. Yeah, and I think that's really the only holes or flaws or negatives in his game that you can point at is the shooting percentages aren't great. Like you said, 40% from the floor, 29% from three. But other than that, like very well-rounded, versatile player, averaged almost a steal and a half a game last year at St. John's. I think John Rothstein went as far to even say that he could see David Jones winning uh, winning player of the year in the conference yep. next year, at which that's, that speaks volumes because – 
I feel like so often, like us as Memphis media, like we can say things and, you know, sometimes there are natural biases for being in a city and, you know, for covering a team for so long. But to hear a national, a well-respected national media member say that David Jones has the ability and that is that type of player where he could see him in contention for conference player of the year really says everything you need to know about the kind of player that he is. So he's a double-double guy, played the three or four at St. John's. Um, how do you feel about the comp? It's sort of uh, Elijah McCadden with more scoring upside. Is that sort of on on board? Is that, or are you on board with that comp? Yeah, I mean, especially to keep the local ties and to and to have someone that was in a Memphis uniform last year. Yeah, so that we can have a, someone that, that's close that hits close to home. Right, exactly. And I think, like you said, the offensive upside is there. And just the overall upside, you know, I think he's just a better overall player. I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about Elijah McCadden at all because he outperformed pretty much everyone's expectations on campus last year. But, but David Jones is a legit player and, and someone that can be – could be the best player on this team. And that's that's how good I believe that he is and the potential – that he has. But yeah, that role, that 3-4, I think it's very comparable to what Elijah did last year. I think think we saw Elijah bring the ball up a little bit more than David Jones, but I think he'll primarily play on the wing and and play some of the four in small ball lineups, but the the fit is perfect. And Penny has gotten so many players in this cycle and from the transfer portal that we've just said, this is like the most perfect fit there could be. I think we said that about TFAO Leonard just because of his defensive prowess. Jonathan Pierre because of what he brings as a big guard, and then now David Jones as well. It just feels like he's tailor made for Penny's system. What is sort of the description you give? Let's let's leave DeAndre. We'll get to DeAndre Williams. There's plenty to get to there. We'll get to him in a second. But what's your sort of description of this roster headed into next year, just as it's currently constructed? Obviously, we don't know about Mikey Williams, but I mean, I just look at some of these transfer portal additions, the guys they got. Uh, that have experience, the only word I can come up with is versatile. Yep, that's exactly where I was going. The the first word that comes to mind to me is versatile. Just with what they have, the size, uh, the positionless basketball that could be played with this lineup. But we talked about it last night. Just if you go with a hypothetical lineup, we'll just, I'll just spit out five players, but, just from what you know, kind of kind of guessing a little bit and educated guesses on what we've seen so far, what we've heard so far, like Caleb Mills is probably the one right now, six four, uh, Jonathan Pierre, six nine, TFA Leonard, somewhere between six yeah. seven and six ten, <laughs> um, David Jones at six six, and then Nick Jordan at six nine. So it, it's just it's monsters everywhere as far as just length and size. No, they don't have any seven foot guys, they don't have any quote-unquote true centers or true big men, but they've got length, they've got versatility, they've got defensive prowess, they've got guys that can get out and run the floor. And I, I think I think last year was a little bit different for Penny as far as the system goes. Obviously, every, you know things are going to change every year because of the players that you have in the system uh, that fits them best. You know, Last year they were a little bit slower with Kendrick Davis at the helm, but I think this year we see a switch back to that just run you to death, and that's what this feels like, and that's what this roster is is set up for right now. So I'm not worried about the defensive prowess even remotely, but when we talk about the offensive ability, let's just say, again, DeAndre Williams out of the fold for now. He is is out of eligibility until the NCAA says otherwise. Um, Where where are you at offensively with, with this roster as currently constructed? Obviously, I like it a lot more if DeAndre Williams gets in the hole, oh, but I, God, yes. I'm, I'm I'm not scared of it right now. I think they have guys that can score. 
I don't think they have an elite score, a proven elite score at this level currently, but you've got Caleb Mills who can score 13 to 15 a night. You've got David Jones who had proved at a high level last year at St. John's that he can score 14 points per game. Uh, you've got Jonathan Pierre who went on a tear uh, over the last 20 games or so last year at Nova Southeastern at the D2 level. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see how that translates and what he's able to do offensively and what they ask him to do offensively. TFA Leonard at MTSU last year, nearly a nine-point-per-game score. Uh, Nick Jordan, a guy that can probably contribute six to eight a night. So they've got guys that can score. I'm not – I don't feel like they're a terrible offensive team by any means right now. Do I feel like DeAndre Williams takes it over the top? Absolutely. But currently, as it sits right now, I, I don't hate it at all. They've got plenty of guys that can score within that 10 to 17, 10 to 18 range. Uh, on any given night. Something that just keeps, I mean, it's year after year with Penny Hardaway. When he has his back up against the wall, when you feel like you're getting late in that recruiting clock, he does his best work, doesn't he? Absolutely. And I'm going to steal your point from yesterday because I think it was it was really perfect in the way that it was put in the fact that for so long, for the past month and a half, two months, everyone's been scratching their heads. What's going on? What's going to happen? Is he, you know, how does this shake out? And you pointed out that this DeAndre Williams stuff, this isn't something that just happened overnight. This is probably something the wheels have been turning on for some time now. It's not something that happens that quickly. So this is a plan that he's had all along while everyone else has been in the dark and curious as to what's going to happen. Penny's been behind the scenes putting it together perfectly. And once again, being in that position where people are questioning it and people can't quite see the vision, they had the vision put together the whole time, and now we're we're seeing we've seen most of it come to fruition. And really, DeAndre Williams is the last domino to fall, with the caveat of what happens with Mikey Williams. Um. All right, now DeAndre Williams. <laughs> what do you think about his case, man? What do you What do you think about him getting that extra year? And and I, it's just hard for me to get a finger get a finger on the pulse of like how the NCAA is going to go about making this decision. They don't do anything very fast. They don't put anything on the fast track. But what's your what's your immediate feel? I guess on on DeAndre Williams getting that extra year. I really don't know. Like it, it's it's such a DeAndre's had such a unique time frame from the time that you know he was at charter school. Until the time, until now, until his last season with Memphis, that it's like, how does this shake out? I mean, he's constantly battled with the NCAA at Evansville when he first got to Memphis, didn't play uh, until the Tulane game, I believe was the 12th game of the season. So he's constantly had these battles with the NCAA. And so it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out because you have on one hand, you have DeAndre Williams' counsel saying they feel like they have a really good case. Uh, and, and then you have you have other people speculating and looking at things, saying that this just doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. But I think technically you get five years, and he's only played four. So right. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. You don't ever know what the NCAA is going to do, what the ruling is going to be, how it shakes out, uh, or how they they justify that case. But regardless of that, like this has to excite Memphis fans, and it clearly has. Like if you just look on social media, like fans are. Fans did a complete 360 of, like, what's going to happen to, okay, this team can win the conference next year, especially if DeAndre's on board. The addition of David Jones was obviously huge, and then now the potential of getting DeAndre Williams back for another year has fans fired up as it should. I mean, you get you get arguably the best player in the conference if DeAndre Williams comes back. Now, seemingly he has a case, but I, it's it's so – it's so peculiar. Now, granted, I think Don Jackson, uh, who took Penny through the IARP case, he's he's uh, uh, very 
Um, he, he has a lot of experience with these type of cases, getting student athletes years of eligibility back. Um, but I, I, I still have my concerns about, you know, when we talk about a guy that was a non-qualifier academically, how does the NCAA view that? Like, that's my biggest question, I think, when we're talking about him getting another year back. And it's a it's a fair point to wonder, but the thing I think I think their best case lies in the fact that it wasn't necessarily his fault that right. he was a bad advice and, that type of thing, and, right? And who knows what kind of grace or leniency they'll show because of that? But I mean, it, this was this was a kid who was from you know things that we've heard and things that have been said that was led astray and was led to believe that there would be no issues and no problems. And obviously, when he got to Evansville, there was as he wasn't a qualifier. But with it, with being that far removed from it, also, I would say that helps just out of a out of a, a guess of it, just being that far removed from that and not being something recent and being like, okay, we're we feel like we're getting played as the NCAA. But I think they know that case well enough to know that DeAndre thought that he was in the clear and was told that uh, that he would be okay doing what he did. So. Who knows how it shakes out, man? Who knows how they actually look at it and break it down? But just the prospect and just the thought of it being a possibility is definitely oh, exciting. And also the other thing that it, that it begs the question of, we've been talking about NIL, uh, potential NIL struggles. I'd imagine if DeAndre's thinking about coming back for another year, that's probably in order for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to be. I mean, that's that's got to be part of the allure to come back uh, after so many years in college and after you've accomplished everything that he's accomplished. So uh, I, I don't, I can't knock him for it at all. I, I mean, come back, make a little bit of money, uh, be one of the best players in the conference again, and, and try to get in the NCAA tournament again and see if you can make some noise. Why not if you have that opportunity? And I keep making the joke. It's better than going to the, you know, the Dominican Republic or Mexico and being away from your family for an extended period of time for probably yeah, well, the same amount of money he'd make in a year at Memphis. What would you say last night, Serbia in the winter? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's a no-brainer for him. You see some people say, okay, what time when? And I obviously, I, I, I made a, I asked a question last week when I was reacting live to, to the news when we saw Doc Holliday put out the uh, the statement from DeAndre. I said, you know, tongue-in-cheek, you know, when is, it, when is it time to move on? But in this day and age, college basketball, like, I, I don't know, especially for guys that don't really have that NBA upside, I, I don't know if there really is a, a great time to move on with the NIL money that, that that could be infused into your college experience. There's not. Stay as if you're not if you're not going to go make millions and you're not uh, you don't have those NBA prospects and you're not a, a guy that could hang on on a roster or you know stay around for a few years um, to get the retirement with it with the NBA or with a professional sports league. Why not stay and make some money and and bigger than that even really because that's such a one to two you know that's only uh, a small portion of it make those connections those people that you're going to meet through those things through working nil deals and stuff like that the connections that you get from that those are the things that can can get you jobs later in life if you're not going to be a professional athlete so nil is really set up to help these guys pass you know their years of college and getting paid uh, by different companies and businesses and, and stuff, I think because the, then, you, then you have those built-in connections with people. And I've said this too. I think the overall health of college basketball with NIL, I mean, I, yeah, like 
roster retainage and keeping guys in the fold, like, that's tough. Like, with transfer. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Uh, the transfer situation and one-time transfer and grad transfers, how easy it is to move around. But at the same time, the star power is still there. And DeAndre Williams is a good example of that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's not... He's not going to be a first-round pick or anything like that, but, I mean, he was one of the best bigs in college basketball last year, averaged 18-8. and eight. You know, we made arguments multiple times. You know, could could he be the second-best player in the conference at this point in the season? Like, we, we know Marcus Sasser was getting all the buzz and ultimately won conference player of the year, but there were plenty of games where DeAndre not only looked like, you know, a top two or three player in the conference, but there were multiple games where he looked like the best player in the conference. So, Definitely still star power there. There was a time, though. I mean, if this was five years ago, DeAndre Williams is gone, and we don't even think about this, right? Right. Yeah, and that just that just shows you how insane the landscape of college athletics are at this point. That and, well, but I, I, there's there's drawbacks, but there's also some overwhelming positives to where we're at, and like. And Nick Saban said we want to trans. They want to transition to sort of the employer employee. Uh, system, but I think there would be even even more drawbacks to that system if if we moved that direction with uh, some of the taxes that have to be paid. Uh, you know, you have to pay your dues to a to a union, right? Like it, it becomes a lot more complicated if we go that direction. And I think that the you know ultimately for schools like the University of Memphis, they can still compete in this realm with with the way it's it's set up to a certain extent i think if you go that route having to pay full-on salaries year after year after year the schools like memphis fau all these teams in the aac would just disintegrate in a lot of ways if, if you go that route yeah i'm glad we don't work in college athletics or work for the ncaa like, hell yeah be- <laughs> could you imagine making these decisions oh my no god shot no shot it is the worst time to work in that field and try to navigate through all these different things coming up as, at once with with NIL with transfer portal with you know still still dealing with or have having gone through the covid year yeah it's a it's a weird strange crazy time for college athletics but we'll see how that stuff shakes out i'm like you said i'm glad we're not making those decisions <laughs> yeah now last thing uh, on the on the uh, memphis front on the memphis basketball front do you have any remote idea of what what else could be on the horizon. We'll we'll see what happens with DeAndre Williams, but I mean, I, I've heard multiple places there's one scholarship open. I've heard multiple places there's two scholarship opens open because two scholarships opened, easy for me to say. Um, because uh Jaden Hardaway's been a walk on the past two years, but uh there was some thought that he was gonna be back on scholarship. Do you have any remote idea? Just guess. No, I mean, Just guess. I, I mean I mean, I would guess one as of right now, 
and, and if Mikey ultimately doesn't make it to campus too. But if, if there were players that he felt like fit in and needed to be here and they wanted to be here, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see why moving Jaden off scholarship would be a bad plan. You open a scholarship and then you have a guy in Jaden Hardaway who is good enough to be a scholarship player but doesn't have to be because, you know, his dad's the coach. And, and let me ask you this on just a, a, a interesting front because, like, I – I am all for Penny Hardaway standing by a guy that he went and found from a you know on, on the recruiting trail in Mikey Williams. Um, but do you think him standing by him in this way, trying to make this thing work? Do you think ultimately it's a good thing or a bad thing? That is a very tough question to answer because I think from from just being a a person that stays true to their commitments to people, I think it's a great look right. for Penny that he's not just abandoning shows someone the relationship building through, he does right. behind the scenes. Right. It shows that he's not abandoning someone who's going through a difficult time and you know, it's still you know, it's still innocent until proven guilty. Obviously nothing's went through or anything like that. So standing by him I think is a good look for Penny. Now overall just looking at the state of the program and seeing, you know, where, you know, pieces that could be picked up and scholarships that could be opened. I don't know if it's the best decision to sit and wait because you don't know if you'll reap the rewards from it. You have no idea the way the situation turns out. So it is, it is a bit of a, uh, a conundrum. You know, it is, it could go either way. Like you could, you could say it's a positive, you could say it's a negative and you can make a very compelling case and argument either way, because, Ultimately, you could miss out on getting someone in the portal uh, because you waited too long on Mikey, and now he's not going to, you know, not going to be able to come to campus, or something happened to where you do have to cut ties. Or on the flip side of that, you know, staying true and you know, staying real with the commitment and allowing the things to play out. And if he does make it to campus and have a great year, then Penny looks like a genius for standing by his side. So it it could really it could really go either way. Yeah, and if he if he is able to make it to campus and play, I have no like you just look at this roster, especially if DeAndre Williams is part of the fold. Man, like I I, I had this conversation, I, and I brought it up with you. Like, how much if DeAndre Williams gets added to the fold, do they move up when we're talking about preseason rankings? Probably twenty five to thirty spots. But if Mikey Williams can be a part of the fold, you have a guy that could potentially grow into being a true point guard that they don't have right this second. My gosh, it, it, it feels like the sky would be the limit for this pro program heading into next year yeah absolutely because I you asked me that last night and immediately in my head I was thinking 20 to 30 spots with DeAndre Williams that's how much of an impact he makes and then I obviously I don't believe that Mikey makes that that big of an overall impact especially on the front end but as we've seen with tons and tons and tons of high level freshmen uh throughout the history of college basketball like typically when they hit their stride is middle of the year to conference tournament time so, you know, it, getting that kind of punch in the middle of the year or going into the conference tournament or going to into the NCAA tournament, that could be massive for this team if he develops and grows into the role that Penny and the staff have, in, have envisioned for him. Yep, talking with Christian Fowler at C. Fowler BCM from Bluff City Media. You can hear our podcast on the Bluff Pod, uh, Apple, Spotify. You can also go to Bluff City Media on YouTube. Go to that channel and you can find our, our full-length video. Uh, there as well. Um, NBA Finals rolling along. It's one one right now. Did they, did Game Two change how you're you're viewing this series? I know you were right there with me, sort of that Nuggets and Six thought. Um, did did Game Two change that? Not really. It, it really didn't because even though I feel like Eric Spolstra and the staff had a great game plan and the players executed it to perfection, 
Uh, you got Gabe Vincent leading the team in scoring. Bam Adebayo played really well. Jimmy Butler played well. Really, the whole team played well, both ends of the floor. Duncan Robinson scores 10 points in the fourth quarter to kind of fuel that comeback. Still, as I just mentioned, they needed a comeback to win that yep. game. And and that was with, really, Nikola Jokic being the only player who was effective for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray uh, was pretty inefficient for the way that he's been throughout the playoffs. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. didn't play well. Aaron Gordon didn't play particularly well. Really, the second-best player on the team was Bruce Brown, your guy. Uh, with a hell yeah, season. I think I think he shot like three or four from the floor. So even with the whole Nuggets team not playing well, other than Nikola Jokic, they needed a comeback to win, and they only won by three. Granted, that's a huge win for them going into Denver game two. You could really have your back against the wall going into Miami if you're down two zero, and they win that game. It still doesn't change my thoughts because I think Mike Malone. Also a very good coach. I think the chess match continues, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But I just feel like the Nuggets are such a much better team. And, you know, I know we said this, we've said this pretty much every time except the Knicks series uh, with the Heat. But I just I just feel like with what the Nuggets have, it's going to be too much to overcome. Um, do you have the proclaimed uh, untrained eye that Eric Spolstra says when he was asked a question uh, by Ramona Shelburne about making Jokic a, a scorer as opposed to a facilitator. Do you have the same untrained eye as me, where if you take the ball um, and 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 well, the ball is in, in in his hands and he's forced to go make plays happen at the rim, forced to go be a scorer. That's that's the best way to go beat the Nuggets. If he's scoring forty, you almost feel like it's a win as long as he's not having those double digit assist games. Yeah, I guess I have an untrained yeah, eye as well. Guess so. Because I mean right. I mean him having forty one points and four assists kinda says it all because when do you when do you ever see uh Nikola Jokic have less than five assists? It happens very rarely. And when it does, you pointed this out to me last night, when he has less than five assists, they're not the same team because that's lost when their last their nine when that is the case. Right. Because when they're when they're not getting shooters in the corner, when they're not getting the backdoor cuts, when they're not getting those things, they're not the same team. They're not in the same flow. Uh, when it's just Jokic posting up at the basket and scoring 40, that's really not their game. Like, for as incredible as he is and for as great of a game as he played on Sunday in game two, like, that's not their game. Everyone needs to be involved. Uh, Jokic is obviously going to get his, but they need everyone else to contribute as well. Yes, sir. Well, Christian, um, appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we'll do right. it again next week. See y'all next week. Yes, sir. That's Christian Fowler, Bluff City Media, senior writer and content creator for them, also on the Bluff Pod. Just released today, by the way, with me and Christian. Um, that'll be on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Go to the Bluff City Media YouTube channel to check that out. Now, it's time for the Blitz, and we have covered a lot today. <laughs> we have covered a lot. The PGA Tour and the Live have combined um, we talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. We had more clips there. He made the FIBA World Cup team. That That's there, but we have to transition to some other things, and that would be another gambling scandal in the NFL. This one, definitely a lot more intrusive, and it has to do with the Indianapolis Colts. And also, per front office sports, there is a leader. There's a leading candidate to replace Shannon Sharp on Undisputed, to sit across from Skip Bayless. We'll tell you who that is, and we'll react to that on the other side on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. When disaster strikes, you have to call Service Master by Cornerstone. Like, like the big announcer man said, we are live from Service Master by Cornerstone Studios. But Service Master by Cornerstone is the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius. Don't just call them because they're the largest, though. Call them because they can handle all of your problems. They can handle your disasters, home, office, residential properties, all of that. If you have water damage from a, wa- a busted water heater, frozen pipes, you have a leak, whatever it may be, a toilet overflows, you have a fire and there's smoke damage, there's mold good old damage caused by a, uh, your, your uh, a storm to your home, make sure you call Service Master by Cornerstone uh, they, they, no matter the place, no matter the size, are here to help you, it's what they do they are absolute helpers, Tyler the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone and his team are there to help you every step of the way at these moments their motto is we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. And their number's very simple, because what they do is respond. They respond to your disasters. So that number is 901-RESPOND. 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D. 901-RESPOND for Service Master by Cornerstone. Now again, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, and it's time for the Blitz. The biggest stories overloading the line of bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis' sports station. Gabe, we have another gambling scandal. Of course scandal. we do. Of course, but before we even like mention the name, of course we do, Connor. Yes, we do. Because it's so available to all of these guys and it's pushed in their face and the NFL has so many different contracts with all of these different sports books. I mean, it, it's all over the place. So I'm, it's not surprising. We're going to have more, and we're going to have more intrusive ones. And this one seems relatively intrusive. Speaking of NFL, this one is actually in the NFL. It's Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers. He put out a uh, – he addressed it via Instagram and Twitter. He said, addressing the current reports, I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I've made mistakes, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization. My coaches and my teammates, I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment, and I'm going to work hard to make sure those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL, and I've never taken that lightly. I'm very sorry for all of this. So, the story goes is that he, he opened a sportsbook account under the name of an associate of him, Isaiah Rogers. Approximately 100 bets have been placed on the account over an undisclosed amount of time, you know, one or two years, whatever it may be. But here's the kicker, including Colts games. Oh, He bet on Colts games while he was playing for the Colts. He started nine games for the Colts last year. And here's what I just, I fail to understand about this particular situation. Most of the bets of those 100 bets were in the $25 to $50 range. You're willing to put yourself in harm's way. You know you can't bet on the NFL. You're willing to throw it all away for $25 to $50 bets? He made $3.4 million over the last three years. $25 to $50. You're willing to sabotage your whole career for that? 
Now, there was one low four-figure bet somewhere in the thousands. I just can't understand how you make this mistake. I can't understand what has to go through your mind when you know it's illegal and you're placing just small bets here and there, just trickling them out over the span of one to two years. It's stupid. It's dumb. And he's going to get 16 games at the very least. I mean, I, we talked about the Calvin Ridley situation. I believe he he placed uh, bets mostly away from the Falcons when he was away from the Falcons for, for his mental health year. But I think he had a couple on the Falcons as well. 16 games seems about where this is going to go. But it, it, it's frustrating because I know Isaiah Rogers is not the only one. And in these situations, unfortunately, we have to call into question the integrity of the game. This guy started nine games for them last year. Did he bet on them to win? Did he bet on them to lose? Where was he putting his money? And I hope we learn more about that. I don't know if they're actually, you know, the, the Indiana Gambling Commission is going to actually put those uh, nuggets out, the, that information out. But this is brutal, man. And he's a sixth-round pick in going into his final year. This could ultimately leave him without a job. In the NFL, it's not like he's some. He's not not like he's Calvin Ridley, right? Not like he's Jamison Williams, where guys were spending first or second round uh, uh, picks on him. He's a six round guy, and he's coming at the end of a, a contract that they did not renew. So, I mean, <laughs> just stupid, self sabotage, and the NFL is going to come down on him hard, and they should. I just don't understand the desire to bet on yourself if you're going to do this. Like, why bet on the team that you're playing for? That just feels like the most risk thing, like the most ri- high risk thing that you could possibly do. And if you're betting twenty five to fifty dollars like, on most of what's what, the what, point? What are you doing? It's just silly. Now, I, I again, I've talked about this in the past when it has to do with Jamison Williams with the Lions and some of those guys with the Lions that had six game suspensions. Some of the rules that the NFL has on gambling are a little bit arbitrary. A little bit arbitrary. Yeah, Jameson Williams suspended for six games because he placed a bet, not on the NFL, but on other things on facility grounds, and that somehow warrants a six-game suspension. That's, That's ridiculous. Stupid. That's ridiculous. This is open and shut, though. Correct. There's no doubt that he should serve a, a massive suspension, and this should put his career in jeopardy. Well, to your point in the story that you just told there about Jameson Williams, it's not like they're not allowed to bet on other sports. Right. Just bet on other sports. Dude. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's just, it's ridiculous. I, I With the Jameson Williams thing, I think the NFL needs to look at that right. and, and sort of revisit that to a certain extent. But if you're betting on your sport, you you have no ground to stand on. And I think Isaiah Rogers knows that, but it's just, I, I hate to see guys, young guys in the NFL where it's already hard to make a career even three years. It's it's hard to make a career last three to four years. He's, he's made it three it's years. It's hard to step on the field. But it's so hard to get to a situation where you're starting nine games in the NFL and to throw it away over $25 bets. I mean, dummy of the year. I mean, seriously. I mean, there's a lot of dummies out there, but this is just Isaiah. What the hell are you thinking? What are you doing? They have put this in the handbook. And even if they didn't put it in the handbook, you know that it's morally incorrect to bet on yourself or on, on your sport, on your team. 
We, we, we see, we've seen Pete Rose for betting on his team when maybe when he was playing, but mostly when he was a manager. He can't get into the Hall of Fame even though he's the, the career leader in hits. We know how morally incorrect this is, and you, did, you made this decision knowing the moral implications of it. Nasty. Just, just plain up stupid and nasty. Well, and the thing with Pete Rose is at least we know that he was betting on his teams to win. You know, he wasn't betting against his <laughs> but teams. But then also he wasn't the, the, question, the question does become like, okay, if you're not betting on your team to win that night, are you basically betting on them to lose, right? Like, and he was going through a bookie, so that bookie would see that and say, oh, well, Pete didn't bet on him tonight. So, like, there, sure. the integrity of the whole right. thing yeah, still is in question if my, you're betting on your sport though, and your team in general. My point is, though, it— just having to ask the question of whether he was betting on his team versus not is something that you just, the integrity of the sport comes into question there in the games, and especially a team like the Colts, who were very bad last season. It's just a bad look all around. I just don't understand. We talked about this last week with the burner accounts, right? Yep. If you're going to do this, at least cover your tracks yep. and use use your brain when you're doing it. Don't just open up an account under another name. Have the person actually run it. If you cannot resist gambling on the NFL for some reason, for some reason you can't resist it, give the money to your friend, let them do it, and just don't have any connection to it. No paper trail. No paper trail. Cover your tracks, people. But we, we usually talk about professional sports and college sports and some people will be you know the the crazy ones in the past that say oh well it's fixed at this point integrity is called into question Iowa and Iowa State have you know 70 some odd 60 70 some odd athletes that have been involved in sca- uh, scandals you had the the coach Brad Bohannon at Alabama who was texting or calling somebody in Cincinnati to place bets on a game that he was currently at and he sat down his ace pitcher like I we're going down this path so fast and we can't reverse it. And it's it's a scary it's a scary thought and in, in, in the integrity of, of all sports, especially in this country and certainly worldwide, are just it's it's bad. It's all bad. I'm I'm gonna be able to connect this to a movie just because okay. I, I am who I am. Yes. It feels like we're heading towards a Henry Hill Boston College situation very quickly. Yeah. Because if people don't know, he basically the entire Boston College team was throwing games because they were getting money from Henry Hill, who was, of course, from Goodfellas. He's uh, Ray Liotta's character from Goodfellas. And it just feels like that that's inevitable. We're going to eventually get somewhere where it's like this entire program is gambling. And it's just it's unfortunate. It feels like and I think that we talked about this last week or the week before, too, that gambling is evolving faster than the rules are. And we've got to get ahead of that. And I enjoy gambling. Don't get I love I love betting on sports. I'm a I can bet on sports, though. Right. And right, like I, you know, I may have uh, uh, certain information at my disposal, and I've gone through stats, and I may know more than the next guy, just a normal guy betting on it. But I still am able to do that. When you're playing a professional sport, when you're coaching a professional sport, you should not be delving into those waters, especially on your own sport. But part of me, and I've brought this up in the past, part of me, I, it's not that I feel for the people that are making these mistakes. Like Isaiah Rogers, you're an idiot. You're an idiot for making for doing what you did. But at the same time, with how prevalent it is, with how out there it is, with how much we've pushed it, with, you know, just you, you, every, you know, layer of the internet, you go on Twitter, there's going to be ads for a sports book. You know, bet $1, win 250 to bet in, in bonus bets. So, you, you know, I, I, I do it for FanDuel, and I love my, my partnership with FanDuel. But it's just so out there in the ether, out there in the public, that it's just so accessible. 
so accessible. And I, and I think there is part of me that feels a little bit of remorse, a little bit sorry for guys because it's just they're not available to do it. They're not able to do it. And it's so damn pushed in our face every single day. That's true. It's also super easy just not to do it. Yeah, no, I, agree. I listen, listen, I preface that. I had to, I preface the whole thing, but I'm saying it is out there consistently right. where you know, it, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Per front office sports, LaShawn <laughs> McCoy is the lead candidate to replace Shannon Sharp on Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless. LaShawn McCoy, six-time Pro Bowler. I think he re- you know what's funny? I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday when this when this conversation came out. Or when this with this report came out, LaShawn McCoy has a pretty decent Hall of Fame chance, doesn't he? Six-time Pro Bowler, couple-time All-Pro, led the league in in rushing one year. He was good. He's a damn good player. But uh, if you don't know now, he's the co-host of Speak on FS1. I'm not a big fan of Speak. I think Speak's not great. Um, and LaShawn McCoy, I think, has a lot of work to get done if he wants to sit across from Skip Bayless. I feel like it would be just you know. Uh, Car on the train tracks, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, bike in front he, of the train. Him, yeah, him being him being the bike or the car or the human in front of the train tracks, and I think Skip Bayless would just walk all over him. But Skip Bayless seems to do that in all of his ventures because uh, Skip Bayless is overbearing. Gets there at four thirty, expects his partner to do so, according to, to reports. Also, he's likely not to sign off on any on-air talent who challenges him. So it, it's sort of built for his partner to be run over by him in a lot of ways. He's a diva. I'm talking about Skip Bayless, prima donna. That's what he is, and I don't hear a lot of people say that. But that, I mean, I, he he has been revolutionary when it comes to you know debate talk shows. He is kind of the godfather of it. But at the same time, we we can't hide that he is a piece of work. He's a damn piece of work. But Lashawn McCoy is expected to have an extended audition with Skip Bayless on Undisputed. Skip clearly has a whole lot of power. Four years, $32 million will do that for you, right? Um, there's a couple of other names that have come up here that I think would probably be better. Emmanuel Acho, I think, would be better on it, even though I probably wouldn't watch because I just can't stand seeing Skip Bayless try to over uh, outdo somebody who's actually played sports. But Joy Taylor's there. Nick Wright is another name to watch. Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin are outside names that are not at Fox that could be involved. But I said this yesterday on Twitter, and I, I, I truly stand by this. This is, I mean, if you've watched that show and how it gets brought up, I mean, Shannon Sharp had to defend his honor as a Hall of Famer in the NFL when talking about the NFL with Skip Bayless. How many times if LaShawn McCoy is on that show, is he going to have to remind Skip Bayless, I'm a six-time Pro Bowler, brother. I know, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to my sport, but regardless of who gets the job, I think the first question in those interviews in the interview process ought to be, how much do you hate yourself? Yeah. Like, how much do you feel like getting up, going to a production meeting at 6 a.m., meeting with Skip before that at 4.30 a.m., and then having him run over you all day on air? Is the money worth it at that point? I mean, it depends what the contract is. But how much do you hate yourself if you're willing to sit across from Skip Bayless for two to three hours a day and have him walk all over you? That does not sound like a fun job description, and that's what it is. Yeah, no, and especially in that job, I feel like you also have to sign up for saying things that you don't truly believe. Yep. And, you know, we work in an industry to where we talk for a living, but I can truthfully say that nothing comes out of my mouth that I don't believe. And I don't know if I could do that. 
I just I just don't know if I could give away my integrity for an amount of money every single day and then get run over by Skip Bayless. It just doesn't it doesn't seem appealing to me. I also like my sleep. I like yeah. my sleep. Yeah, giving away integrity for an amount of money. We've talked about that a lot today, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. <laughs> Golly! Shout out! Not shout here on the game sh- show. Shout out! Live golf and the PGA Tour, <laughs> meeting up, exchanging pleasantries. But yeah, we we talked about that a lot today. But uh, I don't think Shady. I don't think Lashawn McCoy is the guy for the job. I don't think he ought to want to be the guy for the job. But I don't know who is. I don't know who who should be up for that. I would like to see a non-player do it with him. Be, be, Nick Wright and, and here's Nick Wright or Joy Nick, or like who Nick Wright or Max I think match I think Joy is almost too it's too good for that show don't don't it, but, too but good. by the way You're also too good for but it. also like Nick Wright is on First Things First right right of all the shows on FS1 and Fox Sports that's probably my most enjoyable one I think those guys have have a, a certain amount well, of rapport together Nick Wright, and I don't think they should break that up to right. put him next to Skip and like uh, is this not what it has become. Whoever gets the job is just the next person to burn a bridge and have a bad relationship with Skip Bayless. That's what it's become with him. Yes. Like, whoever's getting in there is the next person to get pissed off by Skip Bayless and move on. Whether it's two-year, two-year run, three-year run, four-year run, five-year run, it's going to end bad. It's Skip. There's, it's, it's, there's one way this ends. So whoever takes it has to, has to understand that going in. I would. The reason I, I don't want it to be a player is I don't want Skip to do the stupid, invalidating people's careers <laughs> and acting like they don't matter. I need it, the, the 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 one he did to Shannon Sharp. Where it's Shannon ridiculous. Sharp's I'm a Hall of Famer. He's like, but Tom Brady. That was Tom that, Brady's that better was than you end. ever were. It's like, are you serious? That was dude? the end of it. That are was you when kidding it ended. me? That's the so day the music died. It's foolish. And the DeMar Hamlin situation. We tweeted that. about that, and Shannon tried to apologize. Shannon just had to apologize. I said it. That's another thing. What you're, I you're say signed it last up. week, what I say it last week, he's the friend that you always have to apologize for. Yeah. Where someone's like, I know he's your buddy, but like that Skip Bayless, when you are there with him, when you're paired up with him, you have to just account for him and apologize for him constantly. It sounds like an awful job. I guess the money. Could make you jump into it, but think about it ahead of time. Is the money worth the problem in the end of the day? That'll do it for the Blitz. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition, this Tuesday edition of the Gabe Coon Show, next with the, re- with the Rewind, I should say, on 92.9 FM ESP. Brought to you by Memphis Barbecue Company. Rewind on 92.9. Live Golf and the PGA Tour have merged. Yes, yes, that, that happened today. They have merged. After all the mudslinging that Jay Monahan did, after getting 9-11 victims to come forward on the PGA Tour's behalf, after three years of downing the Saudi Public Investment Fund, Jay Monahan decided the money is worth taking. It's a sad day when you get another example of sports washing working. Like, it truly worked, and in record time. And another example of, in our society, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. The game of golf is going to go through an evolution And it calls into question our tournament here in Memphis, the schedule in general. It opens up the door for blood money to be continually taken in sports. I I get that this is not new, but it's still disappointing. It's still disappointing. If you want to play back the whole show, download the Odyssey app and search 92.9 ESPN. What's the biggest game tonight? Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No NBA Finals tonight. No 
Stanley Cup Finals tonight, but we do have the Cardinals at the Rangers, 7-0-5, and here's why this is a big deal. We got a Dunning got on a the mound, baby. Out there. Okay. Dane so Dunning. We're, we're going into the MLB. Last night, you were on point, though. With You're your damn pick. right How I about was. it? Vegas Golden Knights get their 7-2? What have they outscored? They've outscored the Florida Panthers in two games 12-4. to That'll do. That's... They're on their way to an easy. That'll do pick. That'll win, do. But Dane Dunning's going, so you're picking the Dane Rangers. Dane Dunning's going. Over I, my gotta, Cardinals. I gotta go Rangers minus one forty. The Rangers are also the better team. It. Just sorry. Yeah, I mean the Cardinals <laughs> thing. They're twenty five yeah. and thirty six. Hey, I'm a Red Sox. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't stick up for them anymore. Have you Just seen the stat that like every player that's not on the Red Sox now is like having a career year of all course. of a sudden? Yep. Yeah, it happens. That's just how it goes. It happens. Fast forward. Fast forward. NBA Finals Game 3 on the way in Miami. It's a needed win for the Nuggets. They have to make sure that they swing this series back in their direction after Miami has flipped home court. The Big 12 also has some serious consideration for UConn joining the conference. That will be on the docket, and there will be more where that came from. But that's a wrap for today. Thank you to Christian Fowler and Jeff Calkins for their contributions to today's program. We'll meet back here at the same time tomorrow. But in the meantime, I'm going to pass you off to Joe and Amber. For Connor, I'm Gabe. Easy, be safe. And enjoy the rest of your night. WMFSFM. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.